Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, Goliath Technologies, Liquidware, and Policy Pack Software. In this current work-from-home world that we're living in, Goliath Liquidware and Policy Pack Software can come into great use with Goliath providing excellent monitoring and troubleshooting solutions for those using your virtualization platforms. Liquidware with Profile Unity, FlexApp, and even their own monitoring and troubleshooting tool, Stratosphere UX, and of course, Policy Pack Software with their MDM solution, which is very relevant right now, especially for those who maybe rushed employees home and they're using their own personal devices. I did a survey pretty recently and 6% who answered, and this was a very technical audience, 6% answered saying that they were supporting users with the VPN on their own personal machines. So using PolicyPack software's MDM capabilities would be an obvious win for that. If you enjoy the podcast each week, give them to thank. And now for some news. An issue has been discovered in Citrix Hypervisor that, if exploited, could potentially allow an attacker on the management network to enumerate valid administrative account usernames. It's noted that this attack does not disclose the corresponding passwords and does grant and does not grant access to the attack system. This issue is tracked with CVE-2018-15473, and it affects Citrix Zen Server version 7.1 LTSRCU2. The KB article also suggests that customers who do not have SSH access enabled to the control domain are not affected by this issue, and customers who have not enabled Active Directory integration for administrative login will have minimal usernames exposed to attacker enumeration. If you're running Citrix Zen Server version 7.1 LTSR CU2, a hotfix is available right now. In what was a big week for ControlUp, VMware announced a new partnership with them that extends past their existing relationship. They've teamed together on an advanced monitoring and troubleshooting tool for virtual environments. With the new partnership, their customers will be able to purchase advanced monitoring for Horizon Universal License powered by ControlUp as an add-on to their VMware Horizon Universal Licenses directly from VMware with the benefit of VMware support and services backing the deployment. If you're interested, Advanced Monitoring offers a single unified console with which to monitor desktops, applications, and the Horizon infrastructure across on-premises and cloud-deployed pods with out-of-the-box automation and remediation workflows that reduce the time and effort involved in identifying, troubleshooting, and remediating problems. Customers can consume it as a cloud service or deploy it on-premises. If you're not familiar with ControlUp and the automation capabilities with the automated actions and script-based actions, you're in for a treat. So if you're a VMware customer and you never heard about it before and you've got your Horizon Universal licenses, this is definitely one you'll want to hop on as quickly as you can. In other ControlUp news, the cool ScoutBees is officially out of beta. This is a managed service that monitors the availability of your end-user computing published resources and notifies you in advance about any issues. ScoutBees is a managed service that monitors the availability of published resources running on Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop, Citrix Cloud, or VMware Horizon. 
Scout Bees tests the availability of your resource, but it does so much more. It also provides you with the valuable insights about the health of connection flow in the environment, like login times, network latency, brokers, etc. And you can configure synthetic tests to run from a cloud-based location or from a custom location such as branches, internal networks, or VPCs. I was excited about this when it was in beta, and it's pretty cool that now it's going into prime time. Thinscale Technologies have released version 6.1 of their secure remote worker product that is more relevant than it's ever been due to the work from home surge. The main features in this update include Thinscale's custom watermarking, a resource search bar, the user installation and package download indicator, complete local control, and VMware Horizon support with the virtual desktop agent. When I ran a Twitter poll recently, the majority of respondents said they were supporting VPN for the remote workers. Secure Remote Worker works great for consuming published applications from Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktops, Horizon Apps, or WVD, or indeed virtual desktops. But it's also a no-brainer if you have your users on VPN. It adds a layer of security and allows you greater control of the VPN experience, be it on a corporate device or a person's home PC. The HPE GreenLake Central that I covered on the podcast last year is now generally available. As covered at the time, pretty remarkably, HPE vowed during the HPE Discover event that they will deliver everything as a service. This is something executives are looking for these days, as it gives the ability to recreate a cloud-like service that can scale instantly on demand in their own data center. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. With GreenLake Central, they hope to provide everything needed to quickly scale up and to take over management and monitoring of the data center. A quick follow-up to a story from a few months ago. I'd cover the fact that there was an attempt from a company called Ethos to acquire the .org domain and it upset a lot of people. The good news update here is that the sale has been blocked by ICANN, so sense has prevailed. GitHub have put a new feature into beta that allows you to invite someone to manage your open source projects in the event that you are unable to do so yourself. If you'd like early access to this, Ben Balter has stated that you can reply or DM him on Twitter with your GitHub handle and he can add you to it. PowerShell App Deploy Toolkit version 3.8.2 has been released. New features include the ability to allow immediately returning to the script once the process has been started without waiting for it to complete. It allows rewriting local MSI cache and repair installation for source set of new parameters to the execute process function, which believe it or not actually came up for me once upon a time many years ago. And many more new features and lots of fixes too. Simon Detling shared the fact that the issue with context menus with App V in Windows 10 has been fixed with Windows Update KB4550945. And as Tim Mangan pointed out, you'd never know based on the notes for the update. That's typical for poor old App V and never really got any love from Microsoft. 
Stuart Carl shared an interesting tidbit on Twitter stating that since enabling PVS hydration from Base Image Script Framework 2017, app launch times have reduced by up to five seconds for Microsoft Office apps with multiple Office plugins. So pretty significant. That's pretty cool. Thanks for sharing, Stuart. GoEUC are back with another excellent performance analysis article, this time on the new Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktops version 20.03. While there is no significantly noticeable difference between 20.03 and some of the last versions of the VDA in the article, it is interesting to see the performance from 19.09 forward plotted out. As you may recall, there was a pretty major performance jump in the VDAs last year, so all of the recent versions being pretty consistent and having a decent level of performance are a marked improvement. And on the topic of GoEUC, you may recall a couple of weeks ago I announced they were looking for some vendor support for their efforts. They got some support courtesy of LowGen Software, who offers customers and service providers a complete software solution to build, test, and maintain the optimal performance, user experience, scalability, and availability of including all of your business applications. So i just like to say, way to go, LoGen. You're sponsoring a really great community group and community initiative that benefits us all. So thank you. CU1 for Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop, LTSR version 1912, is now available, and it contains 70 fixes, most of which appear to be for the VDA. So if you're on the LTSR, you may want to consider upgrading. Yet though, from the GoEUC group that I mentioned a bit earlier, and some others have pointed out this week that the Citrix Studio in Citrix Cloud failed to launch for some customers, and for others it launched, but it was in German. The services affected included the US Virtual Apps and Desktops, EU Virtual Apps and Desktops, and Asia Pacific Virtual Apps and Desktop service. Interestingly, this week, Microsoft have added some recommendations to Teams for VDI on some Teams cached content exclusions for non-persistent setup. Onel de Guzman, creator of the very first global virus named Lovebug, was recently interviewed to mark the 20-year anniversary of the virus. He states he was just trying to find a way to get free internet access by grabbing people's passwords, which were used back in those days for getting connected, and that he never intended for the virus to spread as widely as it did. Victims received an email attachment entitled, Love Letter for You. It contained malicious code that would overwrite files, steal passwords, and automatically send copies of itself to all contacts in the victim's Microsoft Outlook address book. Within 24 hours, it was causing major problems across the globe, reportedly infecting 45 million machines. It also overwhelmed organizations' email systems, and some IT managers disconnected parts of their infrastructure to prevent infection. To be fair, he says he regrets writing the virus and the infamy it has brought him. The Register reported that GoDaddy has admitted that a hacker tampered with an SSH file on its servers, leading to the theft of 28,000 users' SSH credentials. GoDaddy spokesman Nick Fuller sent them a statement which read, quote, 
on April 23, 2020, were identified SSH usernames and passwords had been compromised through an altered SSH file in their hosting environment. This affected approximately 28,000 customers. He continued, we immediately reset these usernames and passwords, removed the offending SSH file from our platform, and have no indication the threat actor used our customers' credentials or modified any customer hosting accounts. End quote. According to a ZDNet report, host provider DigitalOcean has been contacting customers to let them know some of their data has been leaked due to a document mistakenly being left exposed to the public internet. DigitalOcean said the internal document was accessed at least 15 times while it was left available online. The web hosting provider said it did not see any unauthorized access to impact to customer servers as a result of this incident. DigitalOcean said the file contained details for less than 1% of the company's total customer base, and the data included customer email addresses, their DigitalOcean usernames, account details such as number of servers owned by the customer, the user's bandwidth usage, support or sales communication notes, and the amount of money the customer paid during the calendar year of 2018. A timely reminder from Michael Niehaus' blog this week. If you use VLSC portal for downloading Windows ISOs, you'll notice the download information now lists the most recent Windows updates as the cumulative updates are added in each month. I covered that this would happen on a previous episode of the podcast, but Michael's blog highlights it, so I figured it was worth mentioning again. If you are a home labber, if that's a word, you shouldn't need to spin up new VMs and wait hours for them to patch anymore like we used to do years ago. All the cumulative updates are rolled in and recent. Michael also shared a very useful energy-saving tip for everyone. If you're leaving machines on in the office to remote into, at least power off the monitors that obviously won't be needed. In a change that will surprise no one, Microsoft's Inspire conference joins pretty much all other major tech conferences in this year going virtual rather than an in-person meetup. Finally, I wanted to recognize a great community podcast by my buddy and Microsoft MVP, Paul Wynn Stanley. It's called Just a Couple of Jerks and you should check it out. It's an interview style podcast, both a twist because it's much more of a discussion and stream of consciousness rather than a structured interview on any one topic. It makes for a really great, easy, comfortable listen. So if you're doing something else and you want to listen to a podcast and not have to worry about like taking notes <laughs> like you do for some tech-oriented podcast. This would be a great one. And now this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. Sean, who goes by Pyrotech3, T-E-K, on Twitter, shared a really handy PowerShell commandlet to investigate and remove any SPNs on people accounts to determine why service accounts are AD admins. Very good for doing security audits. And of course, Guy Leach is on again. He provided a PowerShell one-liner to get all application crashes in a given period from the event log sorted on the most crashy. <laughs> and while he's at it, he also provided a PowerShell script to show files modified in a given time window, defaulting to boot time to find what is consuming Citrix PVS write cache? 
with an optional ability to calculate file checksums to help spot duplicate files. Jason Samuel shared a blog on how to use FIDO2 security queries remotely inside a virtual desktop session hundreds of miles away using Citrix's HDX USB redirection and Microsoft Azure AD. It's a really interesting read and I'm kind of getting into these FIDO2 security keys myself, so it might be interesting to you too. HowToGeek.com posted a blog post, it's actually quite old now, but it's still very relevant and interesting, on how to tell which application is using your Windows PC's webcam using the device object name and process explorer. So if you're security conscious and particularly with all of the webcams that are open and vulnerable, if you look on Shodan, this is a very interesting one. And finally, Freak Pearson shared an incredibly detailed blog post on how to migrate your existing Windows Virtual Desktop workloads to the new latest spring update. So if you're pretty new to it and you've never gone to a new update, this is one you'll want to check out. Or even if you're just interested in WVD, you want to check it out too. Well, that's it for another episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please review it. Give it five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars, one stars, whatever you feel on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you consume the podcast from. Also tell your friends if you do enjoy it. I appreciate your support and thanks so much for listening.